a drum sounds in the deep. It is the call of the great becoming, born from footsteps long trodden along the pathway of journeys taken before we were who we now are. This sound, this drum, echoes and is rebirthed in each echo, sounding again and again, over and over, causing ripples of purpose to extend outward, returning once again to itself to give us the sound redefined and volumized. This is this Reverberation. Is reverberation. Hello once again and welcome to another episode of Reverberation. I am your host, Virgo Shiraz, and today our topic is what happens to those who are broken. What does it actually mean to be broken? Let's unpack that for a minute. When we hear the word broken, we most often think about Persons who have been disappointed or violated in some way or abandoned or left behind. And we wonder why or how we can ever get past these feelings of brokenness. When we think of the word broken, we think about people who are traumatized or compromised mentally, spiritually, people who have been ostracized socially. And if you fall into any of these categories for any reason, I am sure that the main question you ask yourself is, why? What have I done? What could I have done differently? How long will I continue to feel this way? Well, I just wanted to tell you that being broken is not a crime. Feeling your feelings is not a crime. Many times society tells us, fuck up buttercup, you got this, you're gonna get past this. In a few days it won't matter. But the question is what happens when the getting better does not happen? How do you feel as you sink into this quagmire of emotions wondering when will I see the sun again? Allow me to share with you a little bit of my story. A few years back, I was engaged to be married to this person that I really thought was my absolute best friend. Wonderful guy. You know, he had a daughter and so... It was like a whole ready-made family situation that I would have been entering to by agreeing to be married to him. And it was four years of building a relationship. And as a wedding planner, you know, you're always planning other people's weddings, but you never get married. And here it was. I had the opportunity to plan my own wedding. And long story short, it did not work out. The hurtful part about it was how he went about dissolving the relationship because I'm a very intuitive person, so I knew that he would have had interest in someone else. I felt 
the subtle switch in the current of our relationship. I felt it. And I would ask him, are we okay? Are we good? Oh yeah, we're great. Blah, blah, blah. But that little warning bell in the back of my mind that we so often, we so often chalk up to paranoia that was going off. It was going off. It was like something is wrong, Virgo. Something is wrong. But I could not justify or qualify or quantify what I was feeling. And so it was just this little niggling thought in the back of my mind that something is wrong and I could not figure out what it was. But in the aftermath of everything, I found out that, you know, you went to a class reunion, reconnected with the old classmate and they got on like a house on fire. And so he's having this affair, you know, outside of our engagement and um, they decided to be together. And I'll tell you what hurt me. The betrayal did not hurt because he's a human being. A lot of human beings. I don't want to generalize. A lot of people aren't honest. They're not honest with themselves. So how could they be honest with you? That wasn't a hurt. The big hurt for me was A, that he wasted my time. And B, that he wasn't even my friend to sit down and tell me, look, Virgo, this is how I'm feeling. I met someone from my past and I'm interested in her and I feel like we could have a life together um, and I want to explore that. Had he sat down and he told me that I would have been better than I was. And so coming off of the end of the relationship, because realize now this has been four years of my life. I, I was telling everyone, I'm good, I'm great, I'm fine until six months later, six months. He got married to this person and it was a whole thing. It was really kind of sick and weird because I found out from a church member, a person that went to his church, because at the time I was worshiping with him in anticipation of being married. Okay. And so a fellow church member who would have known me saw me at the tire shop and was like, oh, you heard uh, so-and-so's getting married tomorrow. And I could not describe to you, I'm going to try, but I don't think there are words to fully describe how I felt. I felt this coldness in the pit of my stomach. I felt hot and then I broke out into a psychosomatic rash and I felt all of the energy drain out of me. And I felt awful. I felt ugly. I felt betrayed. And then the rumors started flying. Now I'm an economy sized girl. So... Rumors started flying because here it was, I would have met everyone at his church. And so they knew me. I was active in his church, hosted the church tea party for three years. So people knew me and they were coming back to me. God bless them. I mean, because people think that they're helping, but they're really not by, you know, bringing news back and forth. But they were like, girl, what happened? You know, with you and him, he's going around telling people that. You know, you were demanding money from him and you were getting all psycho the closest, the closer the wedding got. And that's why he had to break it off. And that's why he married someone else. And, and then uh, other rumors started flying. He was saying, oh, he told me to lose weight and I wouldn't lose weight. And he doesn't want to marry someone who's going to end up being a medical burden in the future. It was all sort of things. And then people came back and told me, oh, he said that. You wanted him to invest in your real estate, and he said no, and you got mad. And so all of these lies were being told about me, and that is what broke me. 
it truly broke me. My heart was broken. My spirit was broken. My trust was broken by this individual who was supposed to love me. You know, my faith was broken in this person who was supposed to be my friend, who I told intimate things about myself too. And at that moment, I put up my walls. My walls were fortified, but what was behind those walls was rubble. I had been brought down to an emotional ground zero, and there was no get right for me. There was nothing that could fix this pain that was on the inside of me. I had so many whys. I had so many wherefores. I had so much going on inside of me. It was like a tornado. It was the perfect storm of emotion and regret and anger. It was a perfect storm and it was devastating me on the inside. My thoughtscape could not be organized. It was just whirling around and around and I was trying to defragment it and try, you know, I was looking, there should have been a sign. Did I miss a sign? Uh, you know, and it was so much just encroaching on me. And can I tell you that I had my wedding dress in the closet. My wedding dress is in the closet. You know, my invitations were about to be printed. And that is what this person who was supposed to have loved me did to me. Oh, yeah. I was broken. I was broken. But I realized that now I wasn't broken yet. I was cracked, but I had not shattered yet. And I'll explain this concept to you. For fine china, really fine china, the older it gets, it starts something called crazing, where it's held together, but you can see cracks within the design. It's called crazing. So at that point, I was crazing but I had not come to pieces as yet. And so one day, it was a brave day, I was feeling brave, I said, you know what? I have to get this wedding dress out of my sight. I have to get rid of it, I have to get rid of the invitations, I have to get rid of the guest list, all of these things, I have to get rid of this. And so I decided to burn it in a barrel in the back of my yard. And so I go and I put everything in the barrel, and the last thing I remember was striking the match and dropping it into the barrel. And when I came to myself, I was on the ground. I was dirty. My face was tear streaked. And I had lost eight hours of my life. I don't know what happened. If I could tell you what happened in those eight hours. But I don't remember what happened. I just remember I was bruised. I was dirty. I was on the ground. I had not been attacked. None of those things. It's just that I lost eight hours of my life. And it frightened me because I realized that I was not coping. And I realized that I had finally broken. I had finally broken after everything, after all of the rumors, after all of the tellbacks and the he said and the she said and his family. 
acting like I was the person that caused this relationship to end when it was their own son that had done this to someone that he claimed to love. What further hurt me was that my mother died when I was 29. And so his mother and I were really close. And I went to her and I said to her, mom, I have a suspicion that something is going on. Am I right in thinking that this had happened? And she was like, oh no, that's just wedding nerves. And where I come from, we call that cloaking. So she was cloaking him in two-timing me. So it was like she, she sat in my face and she lied to me. And let me explain to you how deep this was because his mother had been diagnosed with cancer. I used to go to the hospital to bathe her. So you would think to bathe someone is a very intimate thing. And so if I went to her in my insecurity, she owed me the grace of her truth. And she didn't give that to me. And she allowed this thing to happen. If it were my mother, my mother would have said, Jack, she ain't on your run. You probably need to scull your dinghy to another drop because it's not happening. My parents always were truth speakers and they raised us to be truth speakers and truth seekers. And so I could not understand that this person had betrayed me and I became broken. And I can tell you that only God's love put me back together. And I was broken for a long time, for a very long time. It felt so long that I was broken. I was non-communicative. Um, you know, I, I could not think about anything to do with that. But here on Facebook, you have wedding photos and everything. And, you know, one day I steeled myself to look at the wedding photos because I knew that I was a rib. And I'll explain this to you. Ribs are the only bone in the body that cannot be casted if it's broken. You really can't put a cast on a rib, but it's able to heal itself. So I realized that I'm a rib. I'm going to heal. I'm made to heal. And so I took that on and I said, the first thing I have to do is remove guilt from myself by forgiving myself for not seeing this. And I realized too, as I battled through that, the experience that I was ha having was not for me, but for someone else, because my story would be able to assist someone who was going through a similar pain. And so I went through as bravely as I could. And going through, I learned so much about myself. So back to the story, I looked at the wedding photos. And he looked so handsome in his tuxedo with his yellow rose. And you no, know, looked, I mean, he was, I mean, shiny as a penny. He looked really handsome. And the bride was absolutely gorgeous. And when I looked at the picture, one thing came to my mind. I said, you know, they match. They absolutely match. And that was cathartic for me because I realized that in my quiet acceptance, I had begun to heal. My broken pieces started to come back together. Now, there is a crazy mindset that if someone hurts you, you should hurt them back. 
It's not true. There's no healing in revenge. And there's no healing in hopscotching from one relationship to the another. If the other person hurts you, it's time to be to yourself, to focus and center and try to declutter what's happening with you. And if you can't do it by yourself, to seek out help. Sometimes brokenness is only healed by togetherness. You have to have, you know, a group of people that you could go to, whether it be friends or family, you know, or sister girls or brother guys that you can go to to talk this thing out. Everyone needs a sounding board, but then in your brokenness, sometimes you can't even speak, much less emote. And this is where I reach heavenward to the Father. And I cried a lot. I hated myself for crying so much, but I had to cry it out. I had to get, you know, the surface things out of the way so that I could allow the Lord to fix the deeper things in me. And I can tell you that I have not fully gotten over what has happened. I'll be honest with you. I'm going to offer you the grace of my honesty that I am not fully over what has happened because I realized in, in a recent interaction that I still have a fear of rejection. And you know, if someone says something to me or they're not amenable to exactly what I'm saying, I instantly feel rejected. Um, not every day where I'm like, oh, my feelings are tender. No, not, not that. But if it's an intimate situation and my partner says, well, you know, if he says, well, you know, I don't agree or, you know, something like that, I, I, honest, I honestly instantly start to feel rejected. And so these feelings that we feel, um, these residuals, that's what I call them, these residual feelings, Oh, they can kill you. They can cripple you. But the goal is to every day become better than we were the day before. And let me tell you something interesting about broken pieces. There is an art form that would have been formed in Rome and Greece called mosaic. And it's the taking of different pieces of broken tiles and making a new sort of canvas with those pieces, taking those pieces together and creating something new. And I give God thanks that he did that with me because out of that pain came a ministry. Out of that pain came the desire to want to become a counseling practitioner. I want to reach people where they are. I want them to understand and know that there is no road that you have to walk alone. There's always someone out there that can empathize with the pain that is in your heart. And so I'm grateful today for you offering me this wonderful opportunity to come into your home, to come to you, to find you wherever you are, to remind you that brokenness is not devastation. Brokenness is, is not a conduit for shame because there are so many times when we fail and the first thing we feel is shame in ourselves when the truth of it is it may not have been your fault. The truth of it is that there were many mitigating factors 
that determined that this would not work. For we also always, most oftentimes, go inward and blame ourselves before we look at, you know, the panoramic view of what we've just been through. And it's often that society would try to ascribe shame to you if it's on the side of the person that perpetrated the evil or the person that perpetrated the injustice. And so we have to forgive ourselves. The first rule of, 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 of being broken or healing from brokenness is to forgive yourself and forgive the other person. Now, I know that's a tall order. It's a tall order. But the thing is, when you forgive, it's freeing and helpful for you. Because holding a grudge, it, it has physiological effects. It takes so much to hold a grudge. And my thing is, is that as an INFJ personality, we have this phenomenon called the INFJ door slam. And what it is, is that persons with my type of personality, and I'll tell you further about it, okay, the INFJ personality, I took a, a quiz on 16personalities.com. And what it does is it takes all of your core values and it kind, of tells, it kind of tells you or gives you an in-depth analysis of who you are as a person, what job would be best suited for you, whatever. So I took um, the quiz and it said that I'm an advocate. And it told me, oh, you know, these are the jobs that you're good at. And I smiled because I'm like, okay, you know, these jobs are, all of these appeal to me. And then they were telling you famous people who have the same sort of personality and blah, blah, blah. And so it was really, really interesting. And I learned a lot about myself because I always question myself, why am I like this? Why am I, you know, why can I just walk away from a situation and never think about it again? And I realized that there was a term for that. And it is the INFJ door slam. And what the door slam does is that it just seals that situation behind the door that you never, ever, ever revisit again because it's a coping mechanism. Is it helpful? Yes, for me, it's helpful because the truth of it is, is that, you know, it isn't that you hate anyone, but what it is, is you put them in a category that this hurts me, so I won't. You give yourself the option to not. And I think that a lot of people don't realize that they have the option to not, to not engage, to not reconnect to not allow this person back into their lives. And so the hurt continues. There's something in the medical field called abridement. If there is a wound, they would take the, you know, they would take the wound and they would abride it. They would remove any foreign objects that are embedded in the wound, the wound, sorry, and then they would take saline solution and wash it out. Wash it out and then begin to put the antibiotics and to suture it together and everything. But if you suture a dirty wound, it's going to fester and, and, you know, and it's going to become, it's going to become compromising to the rest of the skin integrity. And so you have to clean it before you even begin to heal it. And so that's what forgiveness does. You can forgive and then you put it to the side. Because if you just try to suture it up so it stops bleeding, it's still not clean on the inside. It will not heal properly. And so 
a superficial wound, which is just like a scrape or a bruise, you know, they don't hurt as bad as something where, you know, there's a cut to the muscle, you know, and so hurts, hurt levels vary. And so when you're hurting and it's a deep hurt, that wound needs to be cleansed first. You know, we cleanse ourselves with prayer and positive thought, being surrounded by love and understanding. These are the things that help to take, you know, the, the, the foreign objects away from us because your psyche has been hurt. Your spirit has been hurt, you know, and so you need that positive reinforcement. You need that wombular existence of love and acceptance that would help you to begin to understand, heal, and forgive. So to all my broken people out there, I want to offer you this grace of truth, that you won't be broken forever. You won't. And I encourage you to seek talk therapy. Talk therapy is great. Sharing your story might be helpful. Listening, having someone listen to you and understand the trauma of your heart is the first step to healing. Just being able to use your words to explain, this is how I feel, this is how I was made to feel, and this is how I still feel now, is a step, it is a reach towards reclaiming your life. And so today, I invite you, if you feel so moved, if you feel so inspired, to reach out to me and send me an email. I would want to hear you. And my email address is virgoshiraz100 at yahoo.com. That's virgoshiraz100 at yahoo.com. And I'll spell it out for you. V-I-R-G-O-S-H-I-R-A-Z-Z 100 at yahoo.com. Reach out to me. I'd like to hear your story. I'd like to hear from you. I'd like to encourage you to continue to seek your help. Brokenness is not a permanent state, but it is a grand opportunity for a remaking, a recreation, and a reinvention of your noble self. Have a wonderful day and be encouraged and continue to live. And remember that we are tall because we stand on the shoulders of those who came before us.